I'm Matthew McCabe. Welcome to Miracle Voices. Each episode, we will be delving into stories of forgiveness, healing, and transformation that have come about from integrating the principles of the book, A Course in Miracles. If you want to learn more about A Course in Miracles, visit www.acim.org. If you'd like to visit the Miracle Voices site, please go to www.miraclevoices.org. If you feel inspired to make a love offering, please visit us at miraclevoices.org forward slash donate. All donations go to support the work of the Foundation for Inner Peace, the publisher of A Course in Miracles. Now here's your program. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Miracle Voices. This is your co-host, Matthew McCabe, and I'm here with my co-host, Tam Morgan. Tam, how are you doing this morning? Doing really well this morning. Really, really happy to be here. Oh, good. I can hear the verve. <laughs> I have verve. It may wane after a while, but right now I have verve. That's right. And it usually does the opposite. Our guest this morning is Charlotte Burns, who goes by Charlie. Charlie, Yay, welcome Charlie. to Miracle Voices. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm happy to have you here. Well, Charlie, tell us where you're sitting in the world right now. I am sitting in. La Belle Provence in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Oh, great. Ooh. That's right. I forgot about that. That's great. What, what a fun city that is. Yeah. I love it here. Yeah. yeah. Especially in the summertime. Yeah. Super fun. Festivals, food. Great food. All kinds of things. Yeah. They shut down the streets so people can walk in them. It's It's a really fun city. And then when it snows, it's kind of the same, right? They just kind of. Pretty much. Yeah. I love that about it. Great bagel scene there. Obviously, poutine. <laughs> Let's save that for comfort foods. Yes. I'm getting ahead of okay. myself. So, <laughs> Char- Charlie, uh, tell us, how did A Course in Miracles come to your life? Yes. So, it's a bit of a long and winding story. Um, I guess I can give a short version first that ultimately... Um, I, at one point, I was doing some research, um, and I was referring to um, the Holy Spirit or higher power as just the universe. And so I was, uh, I work at a university, and so I have uh, access to this big university library. So I was in the library catalog, just typing in different words, and universe was one of them. And so the book that popped up that caught my eye was called The Disappearance of the Universe. And uh, I, there was uh, an electronic version available, a version available. So I, uh, I just went ahead and uh, clicked the link and uh, started reading that. But before, so that's that's the short version. But the the long version uh, is actually my forgiveness story, which came right before I found A Course in Miracles. Yeah, let's jump right into I, it. Sure. Wait, wait, wait. I want to jump in first. I want to jump okay. in first. Oh, okay. Okay, how long ago was this? This was actually this time of year, five years ago. So it's kind of an anniversary, if I think really? about it. Happy yeah. Anniversary. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to back up a little bit more because I think um, it may be helpful to just mention that. Um, so this this forgiveness story happened in 2018, but a few years prior after I'd, I'd given birth to my daughter in 2016 and I went through a period of um, feeling 
even more miserable than I'd ever had in my life. So I, I thought that by doing everything I thought I was supposed to do, you know, like go to school, find a partner, uh, settle down and have a baby. I, I thought I was doing everything I was supposed to do and somehow I would be happy. And after I had my daughter, I, I guess I had what you could call postpartum depression, but I just think my unhappiness just, it just worsened and um, I was conscious of it. I, and I remember thinking during that period that I am unhappy and I have no idea how to be happy or what to do. And I think that was kind of an inadvertent prayer that I put out uh, to learn how to be happy. And so from that point, I started going down some different rabbit holes and I was into like Mandela effects. Uh, I don't know if you know about Mandela effects, but it's this idea of a, of a common um, misidentified memory where um, all these people have the same memory, but it didn't actually happen that way. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and Maybe so, give an example of that because I've seen a YouTube video about that and it's crazy. Do you have any that are like ready or at hand that would be? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Like the, the ones that really impacted me were the, the Berenstein Bears. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. how it was, it was in my memory spelled B E R N S T E I N, but in this reality or unreality, it's it's spelled B E R N S T A I N. And the reason why that was so jarring for me was as a kid, I was an avid reader. Yeah. I was, I, I had my own spelling lists, and that to me, I just couldn't. I couldn't accept that it was spelled, it's spelled the way it is now. So that's one of them. Love those books. Uh, fun books. Do you have another one? And Yeah. The other one uh, was the, um, the assassination of John F. Kennedy. So I'd watched a documentary some like many years ago. And in my memory, I remember them talking about the car and how it was a four seater car. And um, I remember there, there was a, a movie made some years ago. Um, I forget who's in it. I think maybe Natalie Portman is in it. But I remember my mom telling me, uh, we need to watch this movie. And just realizing that the car they used in this movie didn't really match with my memory of what I'd seen in this documentary. And then I looked into it a bit more and like, oh my goodness, that that just freaked me out. So at this point, in my life wait, i'm wait wait i have to jump in oh jump sorry in. okay i just have to tell you that i was in paris and i was uh, i guess four years old um four or five years old when um this happened so i heard a newscast and i didn't figure it out till years later but in the newscast it said that um he was in a pool of blood and i thought he died in a swimming pool Oh, wow. For years and years and years, I thought that just <laughs> no, the pool was in a swimming pool. Yes. Yes. Sorry. Just had to add that thought. No, it's, it's fascinating. And so I think this, this initial rabbit hole I was going down, it was just part of this undoing of um, my, my belief in this world as a solid thing. So sort of, being shown that it's not as it's, it's a lot more flexible and fluid and changing and moving than I, than I think it is. So 
So I went down that rabbit hole and I freaked myself out. And then one, from can there... I interrupt you here for a second, Charlie? Because <laughs> yeah, I yeah. remembered one that was really clear is that the fruit of the loom logo, people oh, yeah. often recall that there's a cornucopia in the logo of with fruit in it, but it actually never had one ever. That's another good one. That one yeah. also I I remember it that way as well. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. It, Absolutely. So how do we all have this common misidentification, which is relatable to forgiveness and everything, but it's like, how is that possible that we all picture this fruit of the loom <laughs> and we see this like fruit spilling out of this cornucopia and we're like, what? I, I, you, you know that too? Berenstein Bears? What's going on? Okay. No. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Please. No, no. Totally interrupted the forgiveness story so much. This is fun. Go on. Yeah. So... Okay, so we go from Mandela effects, uh, and then I move over into, uh, and I'm, I'm on these subreddits at the time. I had lots of time on my hands because I was um, on maternity leave with my with my daughter. Uh, so I was on another subreddit on the law of attraction. So I don't know, I guess it's maybe a natural um, path to take. And uh, I started looking at some of the books they were recommending in that subreddit and one of them the, the first one that i remember reading is called infinite possibility by Catherine gigaday and uh, she just kind of goes over the theory of that we create our own reality and um, that resonated with me but i was still very skeptical and so from there i landed on another book uh called e squared by pam grout oh yes That's and so this is really where my forgiveness story begins. So I I pick up this book by Pam Grout. And so my timeline's a little messed, uh, mixed up, but Pam Grout came along uh, around this time five years ago, more in the summertime. And uh, so this book, she offers a series of different experiments to to try. And it's basically just making a request and putting it out there and seeing what happens. And so uh, I was very skeptical still at that point, but I thought, okay, I, I have to give this a try and see what happens. So I think the first experiment, I don't remember exactly what it asked me to do, but I remember asking to see a purple car in my purview and I just put it out there and kind of ultimately every time I would forget about it. And after I asked to see a purple car, I really saw no purple cars for maybe two weeks. And I just kind of gave up. But then I, at one point I was on a road trip. We were driving down uh, the, it's called the 401 and it's a highway that uh, goes along uh, the shore of Lake Ontario uh, toward Toronto. And my husband has a really good memory. So he and I, we were driving along and this, we saw this purple Plymouth Prowler uh, pull up beside us. And it was just so, it was such an amazing looking car that both of us, our, our, our both of our attention just went right to the car. And he was like, oh my God, look at that car. What is that? And I looked and I was like, oh my God, I think that might be my purple car. But again, I was still not convinced. I was like, well, 
that's a really cool purple car. And, and I looked it up after and it turns out it's actually quite a, quite a rare vehicle to see. But um, so I was like, okay, I saw my purple car. So I'm going to try another experiment. And this one, it kind of ramped up a little bit. So I'd asked to see a woman with purple hair riding a unicycle. I got a little bit more specific. I'll say. <laughs> yeah. <That's great. laughs> yeah. And um, so I was like, okay, let's see what happens. The next day, my dad sent me an article from the Atlantic. I don't remember what it's about, but I remember in the first paragraph, it made reference to a clown riding a unicycle. And I remember thinking, oh, that's nice, but that's not what I asked to see. And ultimately kind of forgot about it but it had to have been a couple of weeks later these things took some time a couple of weeks later I was um, in my neighborhood at the pharmacy and I remember walking out of the pharmacy I was with my husband and my daughter we were walking out and this woman just emerges out of the doors and she's got a helmet on and she just comes out in front of me and she's pushing along this unicycle and I can see under her helmet that she's got this purple ponytail and she hops off the unicycle and rides off <laughs> down the road. <laughs> and I just, I totally, again, I'm freaking myself out with these initial experiences. And so I stop and I'm just like, Oh my God, there she is. <laughs> And my husband's like, what are you talking about? Because he doesn't really know what, exactly what I'm up to. But I'm like, you, you don't understand. So I kind of have a little bit of a freak out. She, this woman rides off down the street and I'm like, okay. So I have to, I have to do another experiment. We got to keep going with this. So again, it ramps up a little bit more. So in the next experiment, I'm actually asking for a physical object. But the trick is, it's it has to be, it's an unexpected gift, request an unexpected gift. So I think, okay, what could I possibly ask for? And uh, so one fun thing is I'm, I'm really into um, Native American beaded jewelry. So I'm, I'm part Native American and I make this jewelry and I have a whole collection. So I was like, well, that's fitting. I'll ask for a pair of beaded fringe earrings an unexpected gift of beaded fringe earrings. We'll see what happens. So this is where it gets really interesting. So about two weeks go by and I remember I was in my closet and I ended up finding a pair of really old earrings that I hadn't seen in about 10 years. And I was getting kind of used to these little hints and I thought, okay, so I guess they're on their way and I'll just, I'll hold out a little bit longer and see what happens. So meanwhile, after I found that pair, that old pair of earrings, I ended up getting a cold. And so I'd taken some, a couple of days off of work to, um, to recover. And then my daughter ended up also getting sick. So I ended up having to take a little bit more time off to tend to her because she was in daycare. And the other thing is we're alone. My husband and I, we don't have family nearby. So it's, so it's really up to either him or I to look after our daughter when she's not feeling well. So that's all fine and well. Um, so I end up going back to work and I think it might've been the first day back at the office. I, I was to have an, a one-on-one -on -one meeting with my supervisor 
And um, so I ended up going to this meeting and it didn't go well. We had a bit of a, an uncomfortable or difficult conversation about my lack of presence at the office. And um, there was a bit of back and forth. I, and I ended up getting upset and I kept it to myself, but I ended up getting upset and um, left that meeting and just fumed. I was, I was so angry. So that I spent that whole afternoon um, upset. So after this, um, I, I just, I spent my afternoon in my office. And as I was about to leave at the end of the day, I ran into another colleague who saw that I was upset and asked me if I wanted to, you know, come talk to her, I could go to her office. And so I just said, you know what? Yes. Um, I would love to, to come and talk about my upset. So I followed her to her office. She closed the door and I just, I vented a little bit about my, about my upset. And, um, and she was very much like the Holy spirit in this whole situation. So she was there giving this other way to look at things. So she was like, well, you know, she's been going through a lot of difficulty in her personal life right now. And and she just ends up, she comes to the office and she takes it out at work and it has nothing to do with you. And I think you just need to, you know, calm down and take a breather and, you know, you can come back tomorrow and, and it'll be fine. So, so this happens. And then meanwhile, she's like, you know what, I have something for you. And so she goes into her bag and she pulls out a pair of fringe beaded earrings, Native American earrings, and says, here, I bought these at the market today down the street. I didn't have anyone in mind, um, but I'd like you to have them. And you can imagine at this point, <laughs> I, I completely lose it. <laughs> I, I fall to my knees and I'm crying and I'm just like repeating, oh my God. And my poor colleague <laughs> just standing there like, what is happening here are you okay and I was just I kept repeating like you don't understand you don't understand I you know I made a request for these earrings and here they are and I can't believe it and all fine and well so I take my earrings and I'm just over the moon and I leave the office kind of on this high and um that weekend um I end up I, I go home and I visit family and I spent the weekend vacillating between just being so happy about what happened with these earrings that I made a request and that it was fulfilled, but also just still feeling really angry about the, the conflict and the interaction I'd had with my supervisor and it, it wasn't sitting well. So, and I was basically talking to whoever who would listen to me. I was, I was talking about, this sort of magic thing that happened with the earrings, but also venting about my anger over my, over my supervisor. And I remember my aunt telling me that, you know, you know, Char, like this is probably the universe testing you. And the fact that I couldn't reconcile that these earrings came to me in a painful way, I really thought, well, she must be right. There's something, this doesn't make sense. There's something going on here. So 
that, I think it was, I came back uh, from visiting my family and for some reason it was arranged. I normally only see my supervisor once every two weeks, but um, there was like another meeting scheduled for the, the following Tuesday, I think. And it didn't get moved. So I knew I was going to have to see my, my supervisor again on the Tuesday. But the interesting thing that happened was I remember waking up that morning and having this overwhelming knowing that the earrings weren't mine um, and that I was, they were actually meant for my supervisor. And I don't know how this knowing came over me and I, I, I can't really explain it. I just knew. So I cleaned them up and I put them back in the bag and I brought them to work and I was feeling really nervous about the whole thing but I, I decided okay I'm gonna I'm gonna give her these earrings and see and I'll see what happens so I remember when the meeting started I walked into her office and I remember her body language I remember how she was she looked really tense her shoulders were kind of scrunched and her lips were pursed and it was almost like she was ready for an attack but what happened was I looked at her and I said, you know, I, I have something really important to share with you and it's not work related. And I took the earrings and I put them on her desk and I just basically explained the same story of what had happened. And the most amazing thing happened. She just like her whole body softened, her face softened, and she she got really emotional and she started crying and she started to apologize profusely for what had happened and started to share about the you know the, those personal difficulties she had been going through lately and it was just this amazing moment of like release and it was impossible for me to be angry in that moment too and it and so I, I think at the time I didn't have a context for it. I think now I can look back and, and see that there was some kind of forgiveness, some kind of healing that happened um, and that the, the Holy Spirit was really using these, using the symbols, using these experiments to guide me into this situation where I could choose, I, I would have a choice whether I would forgive what happened or not. Um, and I think I think I passed the test. So, <laughs> so that's really what happened. So after that happened, that's really what led me to A Course in Miracles because I think once that happened, it was like the Holy Spirit was like, okay, I think you're, you're ready for this now. And it wasn't too long after that I stumbled upon uh, Gary Bernard's book. Uh, so I think that kind of sums up that forgiveness story. I mean, it, it didn't really end there. But maybe I'll stop for a moment and uh, if you have any questions. Wow, that's amazing. I really, I, the earrings are amazing, but even even crazier is the uh, the purple hair unicyclist. I mean, I can only probably count on one hand the number of times I've just seen a random unicyclist just, <laughs> you know, and then the, the hair color too. It's like, okay, it's like... Uh, Whatever doubts I'm having here, there's like this reality is very malleable 
and I'm getting that picture here, and it's hard to it's hard to believe it because it seems so real. The production value seems so high that it's like, and this really, I guess maybe it is. And then you open up that little crack in the armor, and then here comes the uh, Gary Renard book, and of course, the miracles message after. So beautiful, Matt. I just yeah. think it's funny that that you're more excited about the unicycle than the forgiveness story. I it's just it, it just jumps at me. It just jumps at me. It's like my squirrel. Squirrel. <laughs> but um it's such a beautiful progression, you know, it really, really is. And it also shows how other other practices, other as you called them the rabbit holes, they don't necessarily go to nowhere. They actually connect to um to a larger opening i think that connects every rabbit hole together you know that you can then come out of it's it's a whole bunch of warrens and they're all connecting to bring us to the a greater awareness of connection and you know you you can look at anyone and any one of them and go down it and go oh that shows we're connected. That shows we're connected. But that, but that this brings you to a deeper practice where you understand the context of all that happened before is, um, I, I find it very rewarding. Yeah. I'm also on lesson 18 today. I'm not alone in experiencing the effects of my seeing. And that makes me think about everything you have going on, you had going on there at work and how you're the coworker. And then your supervisor, how that's all related. It's it's true. You you didn't see it by yourself. You asked for it to see it. And then these other people came in and then you all had this experience together. Yeah. And, yeah. and at that time, you weren't even a Course in Miracles student. You know, yeah. there it was. No. But it, it did lead you to being a student. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's amazing. And I think about how everyone just played their roles perfectly for that in that situation and um i'm grateful to them for for playing those roles they had all we all agreed to this so it's it kind of make it kind of takes the magic away a little bit from from these objects kind of seemingly appearing out of you know thin air making these requests and them appearing but um it's yeah at the time it was it was so amazing to me it was like it was like some some force was intervening in my reality and taking charge in in a sense. Um, the other I hadn't mentioned actually there there's a couple of more details that are quite remarkable I think in this story. Uh, one of them was my supervisor knew that um, I made earrings and I like to shop for these Native American beaded earrings. So she actually told me after that she was going to ask me to buy her a pair of similar earrings, but she had felt so ashamed after our meeting that she couldn't bring herself to ask me because there was going to be a, a, a powwow nearby in the community that week, later that week. Um, and also that the color of the earrings had meaning for her they uh, she's iranian and the earrings were uh, navy blue and gold i'm not sure what the meaning is for her but she told me that these are significant colors in her culture the other part of the story that's interesting is um her husband and my husband at the time worked at the same co-working space 
and kind of real time, um, because I was texting my husband about what happened, they were talking to each other about our conflict. And her husband shared with my husband that she, my supervisor had been online shopping for earrings that whole weekend on and off. So um, Mm. also those details that came into play for me after were quite remarkable um, Mm. for me. Yeah. I just want to, bring up because this does come up a lot um about the difference between magic and miracles because we you know lots of times just as as people in our culture we refer to magic and we connect it and we connect the two and when the you like forgiveness has one meaning in culture and it has a different meaning um or deeper different meaning in the course world and you know, the Course says, and I quote here, um, magic is the mindless or the miscreative use of the mind. And uh, another one is one of the ways in which you can correct the magic miracle confusion is to remember that you did not create yourself. And mm-hmm. so it it's not magic, it's miracles in which, you know, um, I know Ken used to really feel like it wasn't a miracle if you wanted a parking space and you got it uh that wasn't the miracle <laughs> the miracle is the recognition of that we are love and if that means correcting you know a, a misperception of fear to love that's that's an aspect of a miracle that's you know we all go to knowing okay as a course student that's a miracle we've switched from fear to love but all within story um, this really is a miracle because it brought you to a union with um, your supervisor, with your colleague, um, and it came through the world of form. Uh, yeah. But that it wasn't truly magic. It was miracle. Absolutely. So I think at, at the time, I would definitely have described it as something magical, but I definitely agree that it, 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 they're all, it was all just you know, at the time, I'm I'm just mindlessly, in a sense, using these experiments to see what happens. But the Holy Spirit, the whole time, had this whole other plan for it, and I'm just happy that I followed along. Um, oh God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I'm not putting down magical magical thinking. You know, I I still have magical thinking, and it often when I ground it, it brings me to the deeper place. But it, there is something also very sweet about magical thinking. It's just in the course world, it's kind of off track. Yeah. Mm. No, it's it's important because it's like, man, let me know I'm on the right track here. It's like being in the Hunger Games and having one of those little parachute things come on and like, oh, look at, there is there is some something I can't see here that's working with me and helping me. So it's it's important. I look for those. Yeah. And um, yes, I haven't thrown out the word magical in in my life and in even within my practice of the course, even though uh, I, I'm always inside corrected. Switch it over. Mm-hmm. Well, Charlie, how do you feel like your forgiveness practice has evolved since all this occurred. 
Yeah, it's definitely a lot more conscious and it's, um, it's daily. It's, uh, it can be intense there. I, I have, there's so many stories. Um, this one, I just think it's, it's kind of fun and whimsical in a sense. So, um, I liked, uh, I liked being able to share that one. Um, Talk about the intensity a little bit, if you would, because, you know, we don't want to sound like it's all rainbows and candy canes because, you know, we're we're letting stuff up from the unconscious mind to the conscious mind, and it's not pretty always. So share a little bit about that, if you would. Oh, okay. Um, Well, for example, um, I think another another story I can perhaps share is um, there's kind of been a little bit of a a triad or a three-way. So um, between my husband and I and my husband's ex-girlfriend. And there was a period right before um, the pandemic hit, I think it was October, 2019. And so I'd been a course student maybe for less than a year. And um, it came out at that time that she still had romantic feelings for him. And that was definitely a really difficult thing um, for me to work through. And at that time, around that time too, like the, I was being guided. I ended up watching a film called Black Bear. Um, And it's a movie about it. And it's divided into two parts. So there's um, the man plays the same role in both parts, but the women, they reverse roles. And so in the first part, um, there's a woman coming to visit this couple uh, just to stay with them as kind of like a like a visitor Airbnb style. And um, they end up, um, one ends up cheating on, the, the man ends up cheating uh, on his wife with this woman. And then in part two, it's the roles are all reversed and the same thing happens, but reversed. And so it's like this this kind of, interesting love triangle and so I think what I ended up realizing is that in this lifetime I'm like I I recognize that that I am her and she is me and it's just our roles are such in this lifetime that I'm I happen to be the wife and I'm married to my husband whereas in other lifetimes I've been I've been playing that other role and so so I was really, I was really grateful to have seen that movie because it really put everything into context for me. And just to be, not only to be okay with, um, with my feelings around it, but to be okay that this, you know, this other woman has feelings and, and just, just to forgive it all really like it's, and so I've gone, we've gone to the point where, you know, I, like they have a, a friendship and I, and I don't intervene really in it and she comes to visit. And so I've, you know, I've, I've had to do a lot of work to just be, to be okay with, with all of it. And um, so that's definitely another, uh, another one. Um, Can I ask what your husband's response is to all of this? Um, well, I think because they've known each other for so long, um, that like 
they're very like he he feels close to her and, and doesn't want to um, sever that relationship. So, um, and so I think it's just a matter of everyone kind of being well for him. Like I, I'm not saying that he's not mindful of my feelings, but um, that we're all kind of trying to to be mindful of everyone's feelings in the situation. Yeah. That can be a very deep challenge and opportunity for truly deep work, but not necessarily comfortable Mm -hmm. along the way. So I really, I wish you complete peace in that one. Yeah. And Charlie, when you get caught in a violent ego storm of thoughts, this tempest that stirs up everything and convince you that it is real and then it's it's pushing you around, pushing your buttons, and it just feels so intense. Is there any practice you follow that kind of gets you back on track? Uh, it's really like calling on the Holy Spirit in that moment, if I can remember, um, because I've I've often found if I can harness that memory that that it it comes it comes in and it. Um, it eases the storm a little bit, um, especially if I can get away and, and be somewhere relatively calm and quiet and um, go into that stillness. Um, that's really my practice is what I, I try to remember to call, mm-hmm. <laughs> call on him. Um, some other things would be music is a really big one. Um, it's it's really certain songs um, that really drill in um, certain course principles um, for me and repeating those. Yeah. Well, that's great. And now our tradition, what is your favorite comfort food, Charlie? Oh, well, I think you already made reference to it. Um, being a Montrealer, I think poutine is definitely up there on the list. And Where's the best place have, for that? Oh, there's quite a few. I think the famous one here that we recommend to people, it's called La Banquise. Mm-hmm. And it's open 24 hours and you so you can go anytime and they have all kinds of different poutines. Like they've got ones with different meats, different veggies, um, different sauces. They all have the kind of same base of the cheese curd. You need to have a great a, a sauce like a gravy and the cheese curd, fresh cheese curd, and then you can add uh, all kinds of other toppings. Yeah, it's really yummy. Tam, you'd like that. Very, it's very creamy. When I hear curd, I'm not usually like that. Doesn't that word doesn't appeal to me? But when I you see and smell poutine, I don't know mm. if I'm saying it correctly. It it, it really something else. How do you spell it? P o u t i n e. I think. Yum. Yum. That's great. Anything, any other kind of traditions you do as we move into uh, the winter season? You got a long winter season there in Montreal. Is it hot chocolates or what, what kind of warm drinks do you like? Yeah. Hot, hot chocolate. Um, actually, because my husband is a Spanish a Catalan. And so he has one, um, I forget what it's called, but it's, it's like wine mixed with, uh, I can't even remember, but it's like a hot wine kind of dish, and mm. it's it's super yummy. Um, is it drinks. a drink or a dish? 
it, it, they serve it in a dish and then you scoop it out. So they serve it in this hot dish and you take a small kind of espresso cup and you, you scoop it out. Oh. I think it's called, it's called cremat. Cremat. That's what it's called. C-R-E-M-A-T. It's really yummy. Well, it has the word cream in it, so I'd like it. <laughs> <laughs> Yum. Well, Charlie, is there any place that you'd like to point listeners to connect with you? Is that something you want? Yeah. Um, so I'm actually just starting to kind of get back into like, I'm not, I don't have a huge social media presence. I'm just very much living, I guess, a very, I guess what you would call normal life. Um, doing my doing, you know, following the course. Um, I do, I did share, I think my Spotify, um, playlist, yes. which I would love if, where else can I be reached? Um, so I have actually, I have a, a friend, we're starting a project. It's called I am oneness and we have a library. And so we have, we have this, um, uh, it's called library thing. So we have a library catalog and we have an email. It's I am oneness. I think it's oh, connect at I am oneness.org. So I will share that. So if people want to connect with me that way. I think that would be good. Actually, it would be, it would encourage me to get moving on this project. Um, but I haven't felt prompted, but maybe, maybe this is the start of that too. Okay. Well, Charlie, thanks so much for coming on Miracle Voices and sharing your Miracle Voice. We really appreciate it and enjoy these last few days of summer there in Montreal. Um, Before we go, I just want to add in in our talk about um, magic um, versus miracles um, that the the word magic comes up um, 70 times in A Course in Miracles. So if anyone's interested in really pursuing what the Course says about that directly instead of my misrepresentation or representation um go to the web edition and type in magic and see what it says because it, it really is quite interesting i think thanks again charlie thanks so much for listening today please subscribe to miracle voices by hitting the subscribe button on your podcast app if you are enjoying these conversations please consider leaving us a review on apple Podcasts, spotify or whatever podcast app you use And lastly, please visit us at miraclevoices.org and join our newsletter so we can stay connected. Until the next podcast, I want to leave you with my favorite course quote, when you want only love, you will see nothing else. Mm